Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cloud Security Alliance's podcast series, CSA Security Update. I'm your host, John Maria. CSA is the world's leading organization dedicated to defining and raising awareness of the best practices to help ensure a secure cloud competing environment. We harness the subject matter expertise of industry, associations, governments, and our members to offer the best in research, education, certification, events, and products. Hello, everyone. I am your host, John D. Maria, and welcome to another episode of CSA Security Update. And today, I am really excited because uh, we have a person and a subject that I am um, you know, very proud of. Uh, we have uh, Demir Savanovich, who is the CSA Senior Analyst at Cloud Security Alliance. And Demir is a project manager for many activities, CSA, including uh, the EUSEC project, which we're going to be talking about today, as a matter of fact. And um, he's a member of the CSA International Standardization Council. He's project manager for financial services stakeholder platform and our open certification framework working groups. And so let's give a big welcome to Demir. Demir, how are you today? Yeah, hi, John. I'm great. I'm happy to be here and looking forward for some interesting discussions. Yeah, I am really excited about this because we're going to talk about the multi-party recognition framework, the EUSEC project in general with the multi-party mm -hmm. recognition framework, which over the years, a concept, I've just been a real fan of this concept because it's really about integrating multiple standards under one roof and that sort of this implement once uh, comply many um, uh, process. And this is really part of a lot of moving parts, but really initially um, created, managed by the EUSEC project. And so for those who don't know about it, maybe you can just explain to us what the USEC project is and sort of a summary of the business case that justified the necessity to create this framework. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as we say, USEC project is something that we've been working on for the last three years. And it mainly aims to create a framework under which existing certification and all the assurance approaches out there can coexist. And uh, the main goal is actually to improve the business value, the effectiveness and actually the efficiency of the existing, let's say, certification efforts, because many organizations spend uh, so many, let's say, so much effort. Um, and in that case, you know, we are dealing with the challenge of proliferation of certification schemes out there. So uh, compliance, it really it becomes a burden. Um, we hear about things like compliance fatigue. So we really want to make sure how to um, address the ever-increasing um, costs of compliance, 
um, and we make to want we want to make sure that uh, we decrease the confusion of users with such a plethora of certifications out there on the market. And we also want to address the potential market barriers for small and medium enterprises that don't have the large budgets for compliance. And then there's always, a let's say, an increase of potential uh, vulnerability when we are, let's say, expanding the attack vector by, you know, adding and adding uh, third-party access. And... Uh, yeah, mainly uh, the EUSEC project has been built on three pillars, so-called. And the first pillar that we start off with is the multi-party recognition framework with the idea of mutual recognition between different schemes and frameworks. And the next step is uh, the continuous auditing-based certification. I believe a topic for another day, but also very interesting. And then the third one, the last but not, not least, is the privacy uh, aspect, the privacy code of conduct, uh, also a very important area that CSA is working on. Yeah, so, okay, so there's a multi multitude of frameworks and certifications around the world. And I guess, you know, a lot of people are handling this different ways. Uh, and so trying to trying to do uh, or trying to integrate systems is not necessarily new, but, uh, but the multi-party recognition framework really is a differentiator, I guess, uh, or seems to be a differentiator in terms of, of how it's handled versus just, you know, organizations sort of doing their own thing. It's sort of that sort of a unified way of doing things. So maybe you can, how does, I mean, what is that differentiator? So for instance, if a large cloud service provider says, oh yeah, we have 15 different certifications or whatever, and, you know, we manage those under, you know, one statement of applicability or something like that, you know, what's the, what's the differentiator that the multi-party recognition framework brings to the table from a global perspective? Yeah, so when we are talking about uh, building the multi-party recognition framework, we were always trying to look at it as, you know, the easiest way to minimize the burden for a CSP when they have a certain certificate, let's call it a certificate X, and then they want to achieve a Y and Z and many others. So, you know, how to do it by minimizing the burden and not addressing only the CSPs. We also want to make sure that um, we are providing clear guidance to all the cloud stakeholders, including the cloud users, the auditors, the you know policymakers, to to understand the relationships between information security. Uh, requirements and then you know because we have so many compliance schemes out there and uh, one of very important um, let's say desktop work that we did the desktop research on this project we spent almost a year looking into different different frameworks uh, let's say different sources of security requirements so we analyzed, give or take, around 800 different security requirements out there. And uh, 
we use the cloud controls uh, cloud control matrix from cloud security alliance as a baseline framework because first it's the only cloud specific uh, security framework out there and second uh, we already did a lot of work at CSA on uh, mapping and comparing uh, our cloud control matrix with other with other uh, frameworks out there so what we did with the analysis, we performed a gap analysis and we tried to understand the differences between the requirements from different sources. And a very interesting output, something that, if I'm honest, we expected it, but what it was, it was confirmed that in that case of over 800 security requirements, 71% of those requirements had no gap so they were fully overlapping. So there was only 29% of all requirements that we took into the scope of this uh, exercise that had like either a partial or a full gap, which means that like almost like two thirds of effort is spent on reevaluating, reconfirming the requirements that have already been, let's say, achieved by meeting the requirements of one of one framework and let's say your your compliance to five or ten or even more you can imagine how much how much time um, you throw out of the window if i can even use that term um, and what's uh, what's even more important when we were building this multi-party recognition framework um, we are not making any uh, deviation uh, from the, let's say, the standard uh, auditing process. So you're using the same auditing process. You're establishing the service scope. You build your statement of applicability. Obviously, you extend it with the deltas, as we call it. So we are adding additional security requirements on the, let's say, existing, if if you start with a, with one uh, compliance scheme and then you you just extend the statement of applicability you collect the evidence you conduct the audit and then obviously you have a report which is addressing um, more let's say more security requirements that just from one standard so it's a similar integrated audit approach that is known uh, to assurance practitioners for a long time so we're not reinventing the wheel but we are just building like a very robust um, framework behind that makes sure that uh, um, this can be repeatable, trusted, and uh, actually used by, by many organizations. But yeah, that's the main, the basic approach is that um, you can do it as any other, um, as any other compliance, let's say audit, uh, we just want to make it uh, more effective and efficient and to streamline the cloud compliance processes. Yeah, so there was something you said earlier I want to uh, bring to bring to the surface here because I think it may be a big differentiator as you talk about uh, mutual recognition. Uh, so is the idea here, I guess, um, to get standards owners to sort of agree that this way forward or this mapping or whatever you want to call it, this approach is, you know, is something that 
they're that they're agreeable to? Yeah. So generally, when we build the the framework, we also build like a lifecycle process where everything that enters the the framework as such, we evaluate. We we perform. Let's say when we say we evaluate, we actually evaluate all the security requirements, all the frameworks that we are going to include into into the multi-party recognition framework. We make sure that they're meeting certain principles, criteria, and requirements. So let's say it means the the baseline, the, the quality baseline. And then based on that, we execute the comparison of uh, security requirements. We do the compare comparison of auditor qualification of the auditing mechanisms, the evidence suitability. As you said, we want to to build a robust system where uh, different standards owners can actually then agree that this approach um, is valid. It can be let's say used hand in hand as one of the outputs of all the all of those um let's say comparisons uh we are building a repository of security requirements which is um, as mentioned before we were mapping all of our work against the cloud control matrix um and let's say all the security requirements were taken from other relevant standards out there so on top of that we have also built a governance process and here we make sure that we have proper change management and complaint management in place whenever there's a need uh, of let's say timely update of uh, whatever um, let's say differences are identified if there are some new requirements on the market if a certain standard issues an updated set of security requirements we are ready to adapt and to make sure that uh, our repository and uh, let's say all the mutual recognition efforts do not uh, become obsolete so that's that's the main uh, that's the main driver that we believe it's very important that uh, we give um, a framework that will make sure that the organizations can effectively, efficiently, and actually uh, increasing assurance by reducing the reassessment cost. And, and you know, and that's that's so significant. I mean, it's it seems like a small part when people talk about it or read about it, but that is so significant to having that mutual recognition by standards owners because I know in my career I can remember this is this that has never been done before um there are there are frameworks out there that claim to be all inclusive or integrated but it's usually based on you know sort of like what we do we have you know multiple subject matter experts uh that come together legal experts come together and do that but but to have the standards owners involved in the process and and having that mutual recognition i think this is something that people need to understand so it's 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 very significant in the whole process because that really validates uh what's being done here um what about so it, you know because it's right now the sec project um 
are there other government entities? Uh, what's going to happen outside of, you know, um, outside of Europe uh, uh, in terms of extending this? Uh, because it's, again, it's called a USEC project. Maybe it's just by name only. But I guess people would ask the question, okay, is this a European thing? How does this extend outside of Europe? So on and so forth. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So EUSEC project, as you said, rightfully, um, three years ago, we started this as this was one of the, let's say, pain points um, identified by European Commission. And we, with the consortium of partners, decided we want to tackle this challenge because uh, in many cases um, and Europe is quite specific that large large percentage of its economy is based on small and medium enterprises and you know by default they don't really have large compliance budgets um, and uh, as we as we were working um, on EU sec we were focusing on let's say European market, but it was never an intention just to do this work on one region and in a, in, in a way that it couldn't be reused uh, elsewhere. So even though we started in Europe, uh, I believe it was a great, a great use case. Uh, but the idea is that we extend that globally because uh, we believe when we talk about uh, multi-party recognition and when we talk about streamlining the compliance, we need to look globally. Um, and in that case, uh, CSA has been working after successfully finishing a couple of pilots as part of the EUSEC project that confirmed the viability of the framework and uh, that uh, actually benefits can be achieved. Um, we've been uh, in a constant conversation with uh, GSA on the FedRAMP program and actually, CSA is currently working on so-called FedStar, where we are trying to achieve, um, or let's say, perform a pilot uh, on, the, on the theoretical background that we have developed in the USEC project to achieve the mutual recognition between uh, FedRAM moderate and the cloud control matrix of CSA. Um, and then on top of that, I, I also know that um, in Singapore, we are having similar discussions to try to run another pilot on on the same theoretical model to try to develop this multi-party recognition outside of Europe. We really believe in this story and we believe it can be a global approach uh, to make life easier, both of from the, let's say, organization that needs to be compliant and the policymakers, the standard owners, and uh, yeah, pretty much also last but not least, we always we always forget to talk about less, let's say less active, uh, but very important stakeholders is the consumers or cloud users. They are the ones that uh, we do the compliance for. Um, we, we are very, um, careful to make sure that they understand what compliance is about and they have the benefits out of it. Yeah, <clears throat> no, that's great. And there's, and there are other uh, supporting documents and, and governments that, uh, and I should say experts that have supported this concept and theory as well. I know I did a, did a um, interview with Dr. Ron Ross from the NIST um, who, 
uh, was part of the team published the 800-160, this 800-160, which is, which is basically supporting this concept of less complexity, less risk type situation. Um, and that's a massive document, but he, he's very supportive of the whole, you know, reducing complexity um, uh, within an organization. This certainly, uh, certainly supports that as well. And um, so what is the uh, theoretical, not to nail you down or anything, but what is the theoretical target date when this might become sort of a uh, process that's starting to be rolled out? Yeah, so generally, uh, just for understanding, uh, EU SEC project uh, end of life is end of this year. And um, there are a couple of moving parts at the moment. So um, as some of you might be aware, um, these uh, European Cybersecurity Act is something that is fairly fresh. Uh, this summer came out and uh, multi-party recognition is something that addresses some of the requirements uh, from that front and also um, European Commission has built a ad hoc uh, expert group um, called CSP CERT that has been working uh, during the same period of last year uh, where CSA was involved as well and we are all coming to the same conclusions that uh, multi-party recognition is one of the ways so specifically regarding the Cybersecurity Act in Europe, now European Network and Information Security Agency, or actually, as I should call it now, European Cybersecurity Agency, ENISA, um, is actually now um, mandated to make sure uh, that they uh, get the Cybersecurity Act up and ongoing. So we are in discussions with them. Uh, we are interested to see how we can help. We are part of their expert groups and we're trying to share our knowledge, lessons learned, and you know, try to help the policymakers in that sense. But uh, as also at CSA, as you mentioned earlier, I'm a project manager on the Open Certification Framework, where we have a group of excellent, outstanding, I would even say, subject matter experts coming from the certification community, uh, from the CSPs, from the regulators. It's very interesting discussions there. And um, the idea is that sometime uh, next year in 2020, uh, we are going to maintain this uh, framework, the EUSEC framework and the multi-party recognition framework as uh, it Fits, it fits very well with the existing uh, STAR program that we are running at CSA for a couple of years now already. So uh, we have built a governance, let's say a governance organization where the existing firepower that we have within CSA and with the, let's say, with the standard owners, with the regulators who are able to provide us guidance, validations, and hopefully endorsement in the future is um, is able to kick it off. So my estimate is by 2020, 
the momentum is on the market. I believe the need has been for there for a long time, but I believe the industry is maturing and we all are acknowledging that now is the time that we need to do something about it. And uh, I believe CSA as a pioneer on, on, on let's say, new um new topics that we are uh, ready to dig into and try to um, to help the, to increase the level of maturity and make the life easier for the industry. Uh, we're get we're getting into that uh, flow. So I believe 2020 is going to be a very interesting okay, awesome. year. And so uh, if they want to find out a little bit more about the EU SEC project, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah, so we have a project website. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's sec minus or dash s e r t. So sec third minus third dot eu. That is the correct awesome email and, uh, and if, uh, website. And of course, everyone can go to uh, the uh, cloud security alliance dot org website if you want to find out more about Star. If you want to, um, uh, you know, if you can't find it, you having problems with that URL, you can uh, email us at the um, uh, info at cloudsecurityalliance.org as well. And we can send you some information uh, from that perspective as well. So, um yeah, well, this is this is really exciting. Really excited about. It. I mean, this is definitely next generation stuff. This is things that we know have been uh, coming up. And as I said, I've, I've, you know, for the concept, I've always preached the value of integration and the whole implement once comply many perspective of things. And this is going right down that road. So it's really exciting. And like I said, the multi party, the recognition. Uh, part of it is is even uh, more exciting. I think that's what the big differentiator there is. So, well, listen, uh, thanks for joining us today. I forgot to mention that Demir joined us from Sylvania today. So getting to be the dinner hour or getting dark out there, I don't know what time it is. So really appreciate you taking time to do this. And um and yeah, we'll um, may have a follow up to this uh, once things get going next year. But uh, really appreciate you coming on and taking time to do this for us. Thank you, John. It was my pleasure. Okay, all. Thanks again, and we will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.